The Ringer Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Ringer Podcast Network. Are you looking for a better way to bet on your favorite sports online? Well, with FanDuel Sportsbook, there are more ways to bet. If you can dream it, you can probably bet it through FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel offers spreads, parlays, money lines, over-unders, props, and in-game bets all in an easy-to-use app. And there are more ways to fund your account with FanDuel. Unlike other sportsbooks, FanDuel accepts most major payment options. So check out FanDuel's sportsbook app today to experience sports betting the way it always should have been. FanDuel, more ways to win. 21 plus and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, this is the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz. He's Danny Kelly. He's Craig Horlbeck. Did you guys watch Rod Docs this week? I did. Yes. yes. Can we talk? About Jalen Ramsey's house hunting. I don't care. I like about how you right ask now. us if we watched Hard Knocks as if this wasn't a pre planned segment. Oh, it's not? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, don't spoil for everyone listening. Yeah. Uh, there, this was shocking. behind the curtain there. Yeah. Ooh, no, a little really. showbiz, Danny. Can you imagine if like Bill Simmons had Joe House on? He's like, Joe, did you watch basketball last night? Joe's like, as a matter of fact, Bill, I did. <laughs> I just wanted to establish that we all look, you know what? Fine. Oh. Let's just get into it. Jalen Ramsey went house shopping mm-hmm. and I cannot get over this. I can't get this out of my head. Why? He went to this house. I don't know where this was in LA, somewhere in Topanga Canyon. And the whole house, I've never seen anything like this, was designed to sell it to Jalen Ramsey. Like they had photos of his families on the wall. They made a mural out of his favorite slogans. I don't know from like calling his Instagram. They had like everything around the house was as if he had already lived there. They knew he kept a $2 bill in his wallet. And all I could feel like is I felt like a peasant. I've never been to an open <laughs> house where they're like, Danny Heifetz, buy this. Here's everything you love. Like, can you imagine living here? Heifetz, you, how much do you think that was worth? Like, like 25 million or something? I don't know. I have no, no. idea. So here's the thing. First 30 of all, something acres. Is this what it's like when you're buying a $5 million house? Is they're just like, no, selling it to you. I don't know if it was in Topanga Canyon because the Rams are down in Inglewood. So that would be a bit of a drive for him. I wonder if it was down there because, I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. There was literally, that house to me is the most bizarre purchase. There's literally nothing around. There's like 31 (laughs) acres. I'm like, you know what you have to do to 31 acres of LA? Like there's no water around you. Like where, he must be 30 minutes from a McDonald's. I've been watching a lot of Selling Sunset on Netflix and, you know, they get a lot of decorators. They come in and they make the house look all good, a little art. It's not that much money and it really ups the value of the house. So it makes sense that they're they're going after Jalen Ramsey like that. All I could think about was this real estate broker spends her time stalking the personas of people trying to buy houses in LA and setting up the entire house. And I was like, I kind of wanted the rest of the episode to be about her. We should get her on this podcast. Do Could she could uh, contribute to our segment that's coming up later? HGTV, House Hunters. Anyway, anything else about Hard Knocks you guys wanted to talk about? I was just was blown away by that. Yeah. So first of all, the running backs coach, the guy who was working with, um, there was like that young running back who was like a bit overweight. Remember they were talking about him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, Thick the, guy. 
So the new the new a minute on the lips, a lifetime on the hips is what the running backs coach said, which is what you do in the dark shines in the light. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was amazing. I'd never heard that. It's like eating cheesecake at two in the morning it's the, with the fridge light. Yeah, he's like, all right, cool. You like you just did your reps for the day, but like, don't go eat Taco Bell. And he's like, all right, all right. This is Darius Bradwell. Yeah, from, that guy from Tulane, who I not really heard of. He's a big Darius big Bradwell. Also, yeah. wait, can we talk about how? McVeigh is, I mean, is he, is he just like purposefully playing into the Gruden thing now? He was singing he the Monday be. night football music after he was just offered the Monday night dun, football dun, dun, job. Dun, dun. <laughs> hey, did you feel it? There we go. Dun, 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 dun. There it is, baby. Love it. Good. Football is fun. Here we go. Hit that horn. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. A little blood flow going. Here we go, babe. Here we go. Let's be sharp. Let's be sharp. Let's be sharp. I loved when... What was the what what happened with Jared Goff and him? Jared Goff was like, I don't know what the play is. Oh, I, yeah, because I was actually going to bring that up as an actual interesting I, football I, he had, thing like, that happened it twice because it was like not registering in his head. Yeah, because imagine having McVeigh just in your ear all the time and the way he talks, <laughs> the way that it, like his cadence. And I think what happened, I you know I only watched it once, so I didn't really like I didn't like break it down <laughs> frame by frame. It's like but you were I, a tape I, grinder. I think what happened was. Uh, McVeigh was mad because it, it was taking him too long in the huddle and Goff was like I didn't hear it the first time hey what took so long on that one just waiting to see it huh it's going through the cadence no I'm just saying to break the huddle because we, we, we we'll just took the delay yep I got you we'll go faster I did got you not you. get that's it no I just had to hear it twice oh I love that hey yeah. that's my favorite thing he's just said right there that's oh. good I can I, hey we can work with that I got you. Goff's like I didn't hear the play and he says Good job of regathering your poise. Good shit. That's a good job of regathering your poise. Nice shit, man. Love that. Good job. <laughs> the most football, like, he's just, dude, I actually really enjoy watching McVay because he, you can tell it's absolutely genuine. Like, he he's fucking nuts. loves football <laughs> so much. That's all he thinks about. And so it's it's actually kind of fun watching it. And so that interplay between him and, and uh, Jared Goff and kind of like how, how they communicate and how they their relationship is so important to the entire offense. I thought that was actually pretty fascinating from a football point of view. Like if you really think about it, the coach or or play caller and quarterback is like the most important relationship on a football team. And that that relationship and their ability to communicate and get along and work together is like it has such a huge huge impact on the entire offense and how it runs and how practice runs and and all that stuff. So I just thought that was really interesting and it kind of gives you some insight into how difficult I think it would be to run practice and, and run like in a real game with like a rookie who's still trying to learn the language of the playbook and just how freaking hard that would be, like especially in a year like this. So yeah, that was my big actual football thought from watching Hard Knocks is that uh, the teams without really established quarterbacks and really established quarterback coordinator or head coach relationships are really at a huge disadvantage this year. I mean, we already knew that, but like that really drove it home. How about uh pun of the episode goes to golf course? Okay. Did you see what that? Did you think? I did sign. not see that. He was so confident. He built this chipping green in his backyard. I thought it was and cool. And one pretended that it was a basketball court because he was like, well, you know, that's an injury risk. But then later was like, well, also, I didn't really think I was going to use it. So one kind of lied about why I didn't put a ba basketball court in. And then two, he was 
clearly out there for hours with the Hard Knocks crew because he says to the camera, I guarantee you I'm going to get one, but they don't show him getting a hole in one in. (laughs) So I I bet he hit like 300 chips trying to hole one. I think there were a couple beers on the counter that he was drinking while he was hitting. Also lefty. Lefty yeah, lefty golfer. golfer. That was interesting. I like the ambidextrous people. I feel like mm. it means you're just extra dexterous. You know what I mean? You got a little Maybe bit more going Goff's on. Maybe that's problem. Is like Ben Simmons. He's throwing with the wrong hand. Like, you know, <laughs> Phil Mickelson's right-handed, but swings lefty. I like stuff like that. LeBron James, I believe, is left-handed. Shoots Nadal. Right. Rafael Nadal. The, that stuff's cool. Tua's right-handed, and he throws lefty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think that stuff's interesting. It's like it's like extra well, training for your brain on both limbs. Well, it's Absolutely. also kind of being forced by chi- from childhood by your parents sometimes. Oh, I doubt all. You think LeBron was forced to shoot righty? I doubt it. <laughs> that was Tua. <laughs> that was, yeah, Tua's Tua, Tua, Tua dad actually no, I, did make him throw lefty when he was a kid. So, yeah, that's a whole thing. That's not okay, here nor there. Um, I want to bring up my favorite moment from the entire Hard Knocks series. Literally, <laughs> any seasons. Hard Knocks episode ever was. Uh, Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, goes out to practice and realizes he has forgotten his <laughs> whatever you call it's it, like his, his tracker, tracker tracking thing. device that tells you when you're too close to two people that you're not supposed to be close to. And he's like, oh, crap, I forgot my tracking device. And someone goes, that's 50K. And he goes, 50K? <laughs> oh, hell shit. no. And he just like sprints back in. I think there was nothing more, I don't know what, like relatable, relatable than that. And I love it because like, you know, some, you know, celebrities, football players, athletes, whatever, like throw money around and, you know, like whoever, like the really, like really rich You're ones. younger. You're on your rookie deal. Yeah. You're like, shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck that. <laughs> we're within yeah. three feet of Austin Eckler. Yeah. I just want to shut up my favorite moment, which is Melvin Ingram, the defensive end for the Chargers, was talking about how much he loved Bronzino. With the fish, yeah. And then said some people eat the eyes, and he was like, "I'm not eating no fucking eyes." <laughs> <laughs> I agree with yeah, that. that was good. I was like, "I like you, Melvin Ingram." That's like, I can't eat eyes either, man. That's, that was pretty funny. Did you Sean, guys? What did you think the, of the uh, the rookie linebacker who was just so genuine in all his interactions with him. all his he teammates? Was cool. <laughs> he was like that the most screams, earnest. I've, screams he's gonna get cut. Yeah, I know. Just they do it every year from every. Do you guys remember the dude on the Browns, the tight end who like loved crystals and we like followed him around everywhere? Oh, yeah, I, I remember thinking I was shocked that he's not a, like a Los Angeles person. Devin like Kajust. Met many versions of him was? in LA. Kajust? Yeah, Kajust. Yeah, Devin Kajust. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get into some training camp news. Hold on. Well, this bleeds into training camp. One, there was a Bobby Trees jet sweep secretly Ooh. in the episode. Watching <laughs> for the X's and O's. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He also, ran a little jet sweep. Got a little excited about that. Two Hard Knocks episodes. Robert Woods has not even been mentioned one time. Same with Cooper Cup. Same with Cam Akers. What's going on? Are they saving it? Daryl Henderson, Josh Reynolds, like no one. Also, Sean McVay still refuses to wear a mask. He pulls it down when he's speaking. Which is the opposite of what you... That's why you have you just He just won't wear one. <laughs> it's okay. for when things are coming out of your mouth, dude. Why did he get rid of the paint, the welding mask? Was, did somebody say like, yo, that actually doesn't work? <laughs> it looks like a chainsaw massacre. Welding I don't know. Mask. <laughs> no, every pulse uh, mask. Can we talk about talk. Aaron Donald and how freaking ripped he is? I like that it's a segment on every app where he's just like, we're going to look at him shirtless for a minute. <laughs> when I covered uh, Rams training camp the last couple of years, my favorite part of being at Rams camp was when Aaron Donald would do the individual drills one-on-one with the Rams offensive linemen, everyone around stopped what they were doing and watched. Like, even the referees. Yeah. Because referees go to training camp, too. Like, referees need reps. So the referees who were supposed to be doing other drills just stopped and turned around, and they would all watch the Aaron Donald drills 
because he was so good. He's unbelievable to look at. He doesn't it's look like a defensive tackle. His he's like when you if you just saw him, I'd be like, I wouldn't think he's like. I would think he was a WWE wrestler or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he's just so. I don't built, understand he's built his abs. His abs are like <laughs> unbelievable. I can't even. It's not even like a six pack. Like they come out. They're like little. It's like a beer can is an ab. I don't get it. It's an actual six pack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now let's get in some training camp news. Uh, first, yeah, stuff's players- going. Players getting some, yeah, there's actual football going on we can talk about now. There are players getting hype, just starting with your boy, DK. Cl- Clyde Edwards Alaire and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. obviously, Damian Williams, the other Chiefs running back, opted out of the season. He's uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire has been getting a lot of the first reps, and Andy Reid said he will get, quote, a lot of work with the first team. Where would you guys take Clyde Edwards Alaire in drafts this season? I'm, I'm taking him in the end of the first, early second. I'm not really willing to go like mid first yet. I'm not quite there with him. How, who are the running backs you have ahead of him? So, and I still have, I have Sanders. I still have Sanders in front of him. Kenyon Drake. But that might, like, honestly, that might change in the next, like, couple of weeks. But I think he's right there. I think he's at, yeah. like, seven, eight. In the I think the round. question is, the the question that comes to my mind when I think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, are you taking Miles Sanders or Edwards-Hilaire if they're both there on the board? I think I'd probably take Clyde. I would take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I... I have been convinced that Boston Scott is a better value than Miles Sanders, not because Miles <laughs> yeah. Sanders is not talented, but the Eagles have never committed to uh, a three-down running back. And Boston Scott is not going undrafted, but you can get him at like 140th. This is a person that I think is basically really going to be getting the pass-catching end of a committee. The other people in those kinds of situations are going like, I don't know, somewhere in the top 100. I, I, I'd rather have Boston Scott who, again, is like Darren Sproles' size, was compared to Darren Sproles' pregame, and now has replaced Darren Sproles in two teams. The Saints got him to literally replace Darren Sproles. The Eagles got him to replace Darren Sproles. He's like a better, he's like Darren Sproles, but he's a better rusher. And I think that he's going to get a lot more work. And Miles Sanders, to me, is kind of like the, which of these running backs in the top 10 are not like the others? All of them are kind of three-down back players. We don't know that Miles Sanders is going to be a three-down back. And it wouldn't be shocking if the Eagles kept doing what they've been doing for the last few years. So to me, he's the one I'm least confident in getting the workload. Also, he yeah. seemed to already tweak something this week. He's week to week right now. So he's all those questions and he's hurt. That was going to be the, what I was going to interject there, Danny, is it's there's a mysterious lower body injury happening with Miles Sanders right now. Yeah. And week to week, week to week That's sounds so different than day to day. I yeah. don't remember the last time I heard a week to week on a player like nervous. that training camp. Because usually if they say day to day, they can get away with it. And all right, it takes as long as it takes. Week to week means, wow, it's it's going to be a while. So also, again, reps are so I, important. I, I think that Sanders is going to be, honestly, there's like so many different reports out right now that the Eagles have told Sanders it's his backfield. And so that to me is very, very interesting and makes me confident in him. The injury thing is scary. Plus, Danny, I wanted to, I want to echo what you were saying. Like I went back and I did an article this week on Carson Wentz for the ringer.com and man, Boston Scott freaking popped. Like he is really good. He's legitimately a really good player. So they would be doing themselves a disservice to not use him. I mean, I think Obviously, I I do think Miles Sanders is highly talented also, but man, they they got to try and figure out, it's like the Cowboys, they got to try and figure out a way to get Pollard involved. Same way that the Eagles have to get uh, Boston Scott more involved. He's just good. He's a player. And also, it's important to remember, we have the idea of like, this is just plug and play, kind of like your fantasy team. Oh, Miles Sanders is healthy again, you plug him back at running back. The reality is, if Miles Sanders is, whatever the injury is, 
hurt enough to be week to week instead of day to day. That's weird. He's going to have to scale. He's going to be out at least a week. He'll be coming back late August, it seems, at the earliest. He's going to scale up from no practice for what will be a week to every down. That's not going to happen, at least not early. So Yeah, I could see that. Or at least it's extremely unlikely. Boston Scott will have a big role early. So to answer your question, I would take Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Miles Sanders early. Sanders is dropping for me. Boston Scott's rising. Mm. My unwritten rule of like fantasy preseason is like, I don't, I'm just done drafting anybody who's got like hamstring or groin injuries in the preseason. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want it. Tyree Kill just hurt his hamstring. That legitimately affects me. I'm like, you know what? That's that's a good point because they, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network reported that. He said minor Nothing to worry about. Well, I don't care. He says there's nothing to worry about. Well, that's the thing is in this year, I think I might get these numbers wrong off the top of my head, but I think that the NFL Players Union compared this ramp up period to 2011 when there was a lockout and they said that injuries went up, I believe it was about 40%. Things like hamstring and those kind of injuries were up more than 25% in that 2011 season. So they that's why the practice schedules changed because players wanted to avoid that. But still, you had guys missing a lot of time and this was kind of expected. So when there's less practice time and those kind of injuries are still happening and it's a speed person like Tyreek Hill, would you still draft Tyreek Hill in the first round or early second if he's got hamstring stuff in now mid-August? If in like a week he's still like working his way back from a hamstring injury, I've draft, I would drop him like a spot. I think I would take Julio Jones ahead of him. I know that sounds nuts, but like I just there's nothing worse th- than reading should be good to go by week one. I'm just like, nah. Yeah, that's... Because then it'll linger and then it'll retweak at week four. I know Sammy Watkins hurt his groin. So McCole Hardman's jumping up for me. Yeah, Miko Hardman goes way up because Hill, even if Hill ends up being all right, Watkins is not practicing right now. So Miko Hardman is also a sleeper that is very popular, but there was a whole question of will he take over Watkins' role? Well, now Watkins isn't 100% healthy either. So that's really interesting. He's never. Hammy Watkins, he's hurt. KJ Hamler, he hurt his hamstring. All right, well, Did speaking he? Of injuries, oh, man, all these speed guys. I hate that. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of replacements, uh, Washington's backfield is just a huge question mark. Darius Geis obviously was released a couple weeks ago. So there is a report from JP Finley that Bryce Love, the former Stanford running back, is second in line for carries in Washington after Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Bryce Love, I mean, this was a Heisman candidate a few years ago. He tore his ACL on his last play of his last game for Stanford's last game of the season. Brutal. Brutal. That was tough. Went fourth round in 2019. Uh, didn't really play last year. So now they've got this backfield of Washington's Adrian Peterson. Bryce Love might be second. Antonio Gibson, who has no reps in his career, basically. J.D. McKissick, <laughs> Peyton Barber. Who do you want in this backfield? I personally don't want any of these people. That's what I would say. I'd say we move on. I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite because, and the reason I say that is because you can get all these guys so late. It doesn't matter. Like take a take a stab at one of them. I think if if yeah, I'm but you, you wouldn't you rather have Boston Scott than every single guy in this team? Well, I don't know because I don't like you don't know for sure. Like honestly, Antonio Gibson could be the starter. We don't really know. You no, can get him I, in the twelfth round. We, no, we, we don't know. No. We absolutely we do, because, do not know. We absolutely do well, not no, know. No, but starter is a not an applicable term to a team like this because this is a team that seems very like a good bet to rotate out. And we don't really want starters. We want people who get the bulk of the carries. Antonio Gibson. So you're not had, willing believe, to spend a 12th round pick on Antonio Gibson? Because, no, I'd rather have Tony Pollard or Alexander Madison or like a running back that I know has a like a a, a realistic chance to like take over a backfield if yeah. one thing happens. Gibson's last year of college, he touched the football 77 times. Yes, so I know that. Fantasy football <laughs> volumes king. The running backs coach literally called him two weeks ago, Clay. 
as in moldable, like he's as raw as it gets. Mm-hmm. So the thought of Antonio Gibson going from 77 k- touches his entire season to what? What is the it minimum for it to be a starter? The point, is, the point is it doesn't cost you anything to take fire on this guy. And he could be awesome. I don't know, man. We're going to talk about other guys coming up, like, uh, yeah, like I, Paris Campbell. And it's like, there's I think so I'm many rather... good players that even if we rank the players you like, I don't think Gibson actually stacks up. But w- w- let's keep going here. My, but back to back to the back to the Bryce Love thing, though. It is kind of interesting because he was a really highly thought of product uh, prospect before he tore his ACL. And, you know, now he's apparently healthy. So if he's running with the twos, I, we don't even know for sure if Adrian Peterson's going to make the team. You know, they could choose to just go really young. So anyways, that's my point. I like both of these guys. And if you're going to take a stab on, you know, a late round pick, you know, these guys have really, that's a ceiling play. They have high ceilings. So um, those, that's my point. I think, you know, you're, you're taking a flyer on literally anybody in the 12th round. So I, I disagree in the ceiling thing because I think that none of those guys are going to play enough to get fantasy love. But uh, let's keep moving. Craig, are you sitting down? Yeah. Are you prepared? Are you strapped in? Mm-hmm. I'm strapped okay. in. <laughs> Adam Gay said about ty- Jets tight end Chris Herndon this week. He said he's their starter. And then he said, quote, Chris gives us a lot of flexibility. It's rare to have a guy with the ability to be as effective as a pass catcher and a guy that's explosive when he gets the ball in his hands and still be an on-the-line tight end that can block in the run game and also pass protect, end quote. And all the beat writers said he's going to crush it. So I think the secret's out in Chris Herndon. Uh, where would you take him? Like, where do you think he finishes? Just go all out right now. Third. No. Uh, <laughs> third <laughs> overall. Well, I, I, mean, I don't know, man. I mean, when he was a rookie in the last 10 games when he like finally started, he was like seventh. So I seventh? Can I pick seventh? Sure. Yeah. Dude, anything anything past like <laughs> tight end six is why not? Sure, yeah. Tight end seven, he could be literally any tight end in the NFL. I'm glad this is happening. He is my Devontae Parker of 2020. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I hate that it's with some a guy who played for Adam Gase again. But um, yeah. it's always Adam Gase. It's always Adam Gase. Got to cut the cord, unlike Adam Gase. You know, oh, okay. everyone always like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Everyone's like, you know, oh, rookie tight ends, it's so hard. Like you can't like, oh, Hawkinson and Fant, like they had bad rookie seasons, but like you can't trust it. Freaking Herndon had a good one. And like no one talks about him. He's like had a good rookie season as a tight end, actually. I think he's going to be awesome. And Brashad Perriman, I mean, Denzel Mims, their rookie receiver, I think is hurt. Yeah, he's got a... I think it's a hamstring. Yeah. If Herndon gets through this offseason healthy, I think he's easily a top 10 tight end. Knock on wood. The other Jets receiver, which, oh my God, I can't believe we're already spending so much time on the Jets. We can talk about 32 teams that we've mentioned Washington and the Jets. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? But anyway, Jamison Crowder, uh, I love him this year. I already liked him as a sleeper, but the Jets receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, said this week that Crowder could make the jump to 90 plus catches. I was actually looking at this anyway because I was trying to figure this out. Do you know that only three Jets ever, like individual seasons, have ever broken 90 catches in one season? I wonder wow. if I can guess them. Can you? Yeah, can you name them? The first two that come to mind are Decker and Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, yes. Eric Decker, no. Lavernius Coles? Yes. I'm not like going to make you guess the other one. You won't get it. It's Al Toon in 88. Uh, but the Jets' entire history... There's only three times one of their players has broken 90 catches. That kind of blew my mind. That's but, actually crazy. So yeah. basically, That's their Jets receivers coach, it's, it sounds like, oh, Brett catch 90. He's saying he'll have he'll have the third most catches in Jets history this season. <laughs> yeah, but sounds honestly, crazier whatever. than I mean, 90. 
Crowder's but, like a whole like his potential is low. Like he could get ninety dollars. Seventeen like, targets in week one last year. Seventeen. Craig, he's he's Cole Beasley. He's yeah. he's souped up Cole Beasley. If we want to, if How we want to practice you? the strategy of like you you draft guys late with upside and like risk reward, like the Crowder has no potential to be like a top fifteen wide receiver. Probably no, I think not, with P- yeah. in PPR leagues, if if even in half PPR, I would dock him a little bit. But if you're in a full PPR league. Yeah, Crowder, I think, is huge because he just legitimately could be. He's just not going to win you your league. He'll be like he'll he'll maybe be like a really good wide receiver three, and you thought he would only be like a wide receiver four. He's the James White it. of receivers. Yeah, he can fall outside the top one hundred in your league, and he could have ninety catches. The third, you know what? The third best receiving season in Jets history. Look, all right, you know what? I'll have him alone. All right, let's keep moving here. Paris Campbell on the Colts, getting a lot of buzz. Paris, big buzz. Top pick for the Colts last year out of Ohio State. Very fast guy, and they're using all the fast guy adjectives about him. Phil Rivers said explosive, strong hands, sky is the limit. I, I just reflexively just hate those kind of descriptions. I know. I need more. But we need, I need DK, you're the Paris Campbell guy. You're also the Colts guy and the Philip Rivers guy. So what do you make of Paris Campbell? I'm the Philip Rivers guy? I, yeah, you I love mean, I really oh, despise. I love Philip Rivers like for his career. I'm not like necessarily touting him this season but yeah um <laughs> you you think he's an interesting fun quarterback i love to watch. yeah i love philip rivers as a character um but yeah i think so with paris campbell <laughs> there's so many things that worked against him as a rookie i mean he had like multiple injuries that cropped up that kept him out so we don't really know if he was like a total bust as a rookie because it was just injury related with so much of broke it. his hand it's tough to catch with a broken hand and i think he had a experience. core muscle injury or something like that that really held him back and obviously that you know can be a big big deal for guys like him who are super explosive athletes you know i believe when you get tackled uh it's they aim for the core so core <laughs> muscle injury yeah. is not great so and I don't know I you know I don't know if I'm necessarily buying it but you can get him late and he's a really talented player he's really explosive he ran four three he is the type of guy that they could use on like sweeps and stuff so that kind of adds some intrigue he didn't have a ton of deep threats necessarily in co- or uh, deep deep targets necessarily in college but there was some hype going into last season that he was really getting good at you know, deeper vertical routes and stuff like that. So I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot of potential. No, I want to linger on that. Cause that's the interesting thing about Paris Campbell. One of the 15, 20 fastest players in the NFL, but in college, wasn't catching deep stuff. It's stuff around the line of scrimmage screens, getting him in space. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't really think of too many other guys who the calling card is really fast. Doesn't catch deep passes. Percy Harvin. Oh, well, he, all right. That, I mean, that's kind of the Tavon archetype. <laughs> You don't. Hopefully, that's not what it. Austin was quite a bit smaller too, and, and he also so, just isn't good at football. So that's just. Let's hope it's not Tavon Austin. I would say right, he's like a Curtis Samuel, Percy Harvin style player, where you may need to scheme him up a little bit in terms of. He's not like necessarily this really high level route runner, but he's really explosive. Ran a four three, you know. So feels like he'd know. be a good 49er. Absolutely, actually, yeah. Um, but hopefully, they can scheme him up. All right, we're we're getting a little away from news and just purely at hype right here. Will Fuller on the Texans. Texans <laughs> quarterback Deshaun Watson said, quote, Will's going to ball out. Will's going to be one of the best receivers in the league, end quote. Now, quarterbacks say that stuff about the receivers all the time, but I wanted to note, on average, Will Fuller's draft position is 80th. Last year, it was 85th. 
And the year before that, <laughs> it was 76th. This is a great point by He's you. He's really basically well been drafted in the same place for three years in a row, even though this year, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. He's gone. DeAndre Hopkins has the second most targets over the last seven years to just Julio Jones. He is gone. And Will Fuller has not moved in mm. drafts. It is astounding. Please take advantage of how everyone's just like, oh, yeah, he's hurt. I don't want him on my team because everyone's been burned by him. Will Fuller is the most egregious value this year. Literally the same ADP as the last couple of years. So that's all I wanted to say on that. Is there a, is there a more... I don't even know how to explain him. Like he could be, he could literally be the best receiver on the planet. <laughs> like that's his ceiling. <laughs> per game basis. You know what I mean? Like he has games where he could catch four touchdowns. Well, that's the thing yeah, is if you he made did it, that, you, you it, have like, you know, those games where you check the box score and you'd be like, Will Fuller, six, 70, two, 11 <laughs> and three touchdowns. You're like, oh 70 my God. points. Yeah. Draft Will Fuller for the love of God. Okay. Let's keep rolling here. Bill's running yep. back. Zach Moss, the rookie. He's a sleeper. Baby. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Buscaglia? Super Italian. I would love say it. Busca- Buscaglia. Buscaglia? No G? No, I think the G. The G okay, so we're going to get into linguistics here, but I'm pretty sure in, in Italian words, the G is silent. Yeah, like familias with a G in yeah, Italian. And like, I'm Jewish. We just want to be Italians. I don't know. See, the Jews pronounce more letters than what's in the word. It's the other way around. We just add <laughs> and, sh- and it's just all the stuff that is there. Anyway, the point is Zach Moss's role is perhaps being undersold and that he was excelling before Singletary lost a fumble and then put on a show after Singletary was mothballed. Singletary was mothballed. That is from, I, what, what, Buscal- I apologize. Zach Buscali. Zach Buscali. Zach Buscali. I apologize, Zach. So the only thing I'm thinking is I think there's a chance by week three where like, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary should have had op- should have swapped drafts spots. I think that's possible in fantasy drafts where like you should just draft Zach Moss where Devin Singletary is going. I think no one's going to do that because they're scared, but I think like there's a really strong chance like week four we're like, oh yeah, he's just the guy now. By the way, it's Joe Buscalia, not Zach. Oh, <laughs> we well, really butchered. We, we gotta get Joe on the. We I gotta get Joe on the pod. By the way, I know Joe. I know Joe, and and I wanted to say sorry for all that. Oh, you know Joe. That's cool. I know Joe, but I wasn't hundred percent sure on pronunciation. Well, Joe thinks sure. Zach Moss is being undersold. In you know, it's always sunny when Frank messes up the toe with the toe knife. He's like botched it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that drop. All right, last one. Irv Smith, tight end for the tight uh, for the almost the Titans, the Vikings. Vikings versus Titans. It's a whole Norse mess up there. Uh, Arif Hassan of the Athletics said the team's been experimenting with Irv Smith on the outside summon camp and also just Irv Smith going to be really good. Do you guys, he hasn't really been getting a lot of buzz as a sleeper tight end this year. Would you guys want to leave your draft with Irv Smith as your starting tight end? Maybe. Another reason to like him is because there are reports that rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson's been kind of struggling. So, mm-hmm. and that he's, he's not. You're that DK? Two. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried yet, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something to kind of monitor. And I heard they might cut him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's going to get traded for a future conditional seventh rounder. I think it, I think Irv Smith is really interesting. Honestly, it, it with tight ends, so a lot of them break out either second or third year. That's kind of the the most common spot you find these breakout type tight ends. There's several of these guys that could do it, but I mean, if you look at the if you look at the Vikings pass catching core. He has a real shot to be their de facto number two. So I think it's worth a shot for sure. I don't know if I'd feel real comfortable going into the year with him being my number one for sure. But, you know, certainly in Dynasty, he's worth taking. And then I think he's a good, you know, late round dart dart throw if you if you wait on tight end. All right. Those are our training camp updates for players getting hyped. 
Now we're going to talk about players getting yikes. But first, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is brought to you by FanDuel. This season, there's a brand new way to play fantasy football on FanDuel. Introducing Best Ball Contests, the simplest way to play season-long fantasy. In a Best Ball Contest, there's no lineups to set, no waivers to claim, and no trades to make. No annoying texts from your friends. Do you want Christian McCaffrey for my backup running back and my backup receiver? No! In Best Ball, (laughs) simply draft 20 players at the start of the season, and then every week you'll automatically get points for your top nine performers at set positions. At the end of the season, the teams with the top scores take home the cash. We love best ball because there's a limit on how many teams you can actually manage during the season. Everyone has their upper bound at a point where, you know what? You can't just keep making all these decisions. But with best ball, it's fun because it's better than mock drafts. People don't leave. There's no auto draft. But you can also still check throughout your team and how you're doing. So it just it's all the annoying stuff of the roster maintenance. It's all gone. Best ball contests have a 12 player max. So don't worry if you're not a seasoned fantasy pro, there's less management. It's a different strategy and there's no waiver wire to manage. And if you want to try your hand at best ball, you can enter a free contest or play for as little as a dollar. And if you're new to FanDuel, you can even get a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to 500 bucks when you sign up at FanDuel.com slash fantasy ringer. So be sure to go to FanDuel.com slash fantasy ringer to start drafting for best ball of FanDuel. All right. I kind of want to play some like, I, I wish there was like a, an, I want to do like a negative sound effect for this one. It's like, bong. It's like, Keyshawn Vaughn. Wah, wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> I like that. And also I want to keep this in the podcast. And we just play that <laughs> yeah. sound. I wasn't gonna... planning on cutting this. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Cool. Cool. So play the thing. Wah. Great. <laughs> All right. These are, before we did players getting hype, now this is players getting yikes. Uh, let's start with what, first. What is that? Pretty players terrible. getting yikes. Pretty terrible. Yikes. Pun, well, just Danny. yikes, like hypes and yikes. But getting yikes, it wouldn't have to be like getting yikes. It doesn't make sense. Getting don't yikes. think about it too much. You know what yikes means. You know what oh, it guys means. aren't getting hypes either. It's hyped. Hyped yeah. and yikes. Hyped and yikes would be the thing you should yikes. say. <laughs> okay. Hype and yikes. Moving on. Moving on. We need a new one. Keyshawn Yike, Vaughn. Singular. Keyshawn Vaughn, rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Third rounder to Vanderbilt was kind of billed as the, I mean, by some people like DK, as competing with Ronald Jones for the starting running back job. Wait a minute. Let's stop right there because I've been (laughs) fading Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, whatever. So don't you dare tell me. I was about to to do a real, really, really premature victory lap here. I've been Ronald Jones since day one. Yeah, I've been been all over this. Basically, there's... Not going to even be a competition, it seems, because Keyshawn Vaughn was placed on the COVID list. And again, when someone goes on the COVID list, we don't know. They don't release if it's a positive test or they were just exposed. But he was on there for a long time. He was on there for more than a week. He missed a lot of practice. I think it was double-digit practices that he missed. And when you're a rookie coming trying to go from Vanderbilt to blocking for Tom Brady, you're not going to block for Tom Brady anymore when you miss that much practice. So it seems that he's going to be like more of a kick returner now. So... One, would you guys even draft Keyshawn Vaughn now? And two, where would you draft Ronald Jones, given this news? I wouldn't draft Keyshawn Vaughn. And Ronald Jones is another guy, I think, come week three or four, everybody could be like, damn, how did we not see this coming? I think I would take him in the RB 24 to 36 area. I can't believe, I'm still, I'm still upset that you were trying to call me someone that was hyping up Keyshawn Vaughn. Because I was like starting to feel like I was taking crazy pills with all the hype that Keyshawn Vaughn was getting. So anyways, okay, I'm glad we agree on this. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to, how you. I'm glad dare you, Danny? No, I'm just I, kidding. But well, 
Um, I actually, yeah, because I've, I've been kind of all over this Ronald Jones thing. I felt like I was higher on higher on him than consensus. I went back and watched a lot of his tape from last year, and he looked pretty damn good, honestly. He he has been anchored, as we talked about on the last podcast. Like the anchoring that from his terrible rookie season is really yes. really playing into his value right now. Um, also, bad all name. signs. Yeah, Ronald yeah. Jones. His name he, is Ron he, Jones. He sounds like a lawyer. <laughs> you guys are dead right. There's three overlapping cognitive biases. People hyped him before, and the Bucks have been a bad, one of the worst fantasy running back teams for like seven years, and his name's boring. Yeah. So anyhow, he yeah, I think he's a, right now he's 75th on PPR. Um, 80, his ADP in PPR on Fantasy Pros is 75th. So I don't know, sixth round, sixth, seventh round, mm-hmm. if you want to really get him. And so... And I would feel comfortable with that. I think if you're yeah. like waiting, if you're waiting on running back, are you? Hey, let's play the name game. Would you rather have Ronald Jones? Okay, I'll start here. Ronald Jones or James White? Jones. Ronald Jones. Ronald Zero Jones question. or Cam Akers? Jones. I think I like the Akers. <laughs> I don't love well, Jones that much. Here's the thing to remember with with Ronald Jones. Part of the reason <laughs> that Ronald Jones is one, he, like he wasn't as good of a player in his first season as he was toward the tail end of his second. So he got better is number one. Number two, it's so important to remember the Buccaneers went from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, who again is ba- what might be stylistically one of the biggest changes in NFL history <laughs> because the Buccaneers yeah. basically are yeah. now going from they're in every last year. They were in every game and they were passing in the fourth quarter of basically, I believe it was like 14 of their 17 games. Basically they were just chucking the ball. Cause Jameis, the 30 picks also means 30 times that the their defense did a great job, but the underlying numbers were hid because they were had so many short fields. If the Bucks defense is still great, they retain, I believe, all 11 starters. They're going to be winning more games and running more in the second half way more often. Ronald Jones never really got the chance to like, all right, you're going to get 12 carries in the fourth quarter. That never happened last year. And the second that the Bucs are even kind of competent this year, we'll be like, oh, yeah. Of course, this team's going to win more with Tom Brady than James Winston. Why didn't we see this coming? Of course, they're going to be running more. I have a question. So Keyshawn Vaughn had been going. Uh, you know, this this news is pretty recent, so I don't know if it's affected the ADP yet, but he was going right in the same range as Zach Moss, 120th on Fantasy Pros right now. Do you want to put Dario Gumbawale uh, in for, for him now? Because it, we, there's been a little bit of buzz that Agumboale is going to be the third down guy um, and, you know, that's obviously an important role with Tom Brady. So do we, do you actually swap in? Like, are we out on Vaughn completely right now and swap yeah, he's in? he's a rookie. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not an, I, I don't mean to be dismissive, but the way the NFL works is you're not really an NFL player until you play in the NFL. And when I just think that that is extra true and you're blocking for Tom Brady and until he proves he's not the third string, until he proves he's not a special teams player. Yeah. I there's mean, so I, I many, don't see a reason to draft him. So look, there's so many other players in this range that I'd way rather have. Zach Moss, TJ Hawkinson, Gasecki, uh, Alexander Madison, Nicole Hardman. Like these are all guys going in the approximate range right now as as Keyshawn Vaughn. Now he's gonna fall. Yeah, but, it's yeah. He it's it's just don't draft him. All right, let's keep rolling here. Nick Chubb suffered a concussion practice last week. It was actually the first padded practice the Browns had. Uh the Browns expect him to make a recovery for the season, but do you got Nick Chubb's just a weird case. He almost mm-hmm. won the rushing title last year. Also, everyone's openly questioning whether he's even going to be a true starter or if him and Kareem Hunt are going to be mostly splitting this backfield. 
isn't there a world where Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt split and are just the best duo? And isn't there also a world where Nick yeah. Chubb is like, oh, yeah, right. He's one of the three best running backs in football and we should have drafted him higher. Which one do you think is more likely this season? The former. I'm, I'm splitting carries. I feel, I feel like I'm going to probably be moving him down a bit. I think, yeah, because number one, we just don't know what this coaching staff is going to do. You know, we don't know how they're going to split it up. The injury just adds to that uncertainty. Would you rather Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs? Yeah, I was just looking at that. I think I would take Jacobs. Isn't Jacobs essentially Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt nipping at his heels? I right. think Josh Jacobs in real life is a worse player. I don't think he's nearly as talented as Nick Chubb. Nick yeah, Chubb's really? Better at Not Nick Chubb. Nearly? Nick Chubb is Nick secretly awesome. one of the three best running backs at just making people miss, which he doesn't get credit for. Jacobs right. is really good. Odell's too, on the team. I, know. I don't know about he's not even nearly close. That's well, harsh. no, the difference is though for fantasy purposes, Josh Jacobs is unquestionably the team's running back because the Raiders, John Gruden, need him to play and be good. So he's going to play. So I think that's a huge difference, even though well, he Chubb also is, is good. Higher. I don't know what's going on I'm here. You're like, bad. John I'm Gruden saying, needs him to be good. He also is good. <laughs> I, to be clear, I am not saying Josh Jacobs is a bad player. I'm saying Nick Chubb is underratedly talent wise, only like one tier below Saquon Barkley. In my mind, he's really good. So I, yeah, he's a hates amazing. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I hate Josh Jacobs. That's what I'm trying to. say. I would here. take Jacobs right. over Chubb. Yeah, I think they're both underrated this season. All right, let's keep rolling here. Jalen Hurd, receiver for the 49ers, tore his ACL. He missed all of last season with an injury as well. So he's a Gosh, 2019 third round yeah. pick. Is just not going to play for the first two seasons. Now he's on IR. Seems so now unlikely. the 49ers yeah. have Emmanuel Sanders left. Debo Samuel's expected to be healthy for Week One, but it's a broken foot. And then we just don't know what the deal is here. Here's the deal. We could go here and parse. Oh, like maybe the rookie Brandon Ayuk is going to be really good. Or maybe it's going to be Trent Taylor or, or receivers. George Kittle's the number one. Why? I ask you guys, why is it not just the 49ers running backs going to ca catch more passes this year? So Tevin Coleman, to me, is more valuable. I don't look at the 49ers receivers at this point and think Brandon Ayuk is definitely going to be great. I look at Tevin Coleman bumps up to me as the 49ers receivers to take more injuries. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think George Kittle might be the one that I'm who takes the biggest leap. And I think I, I've been thinking about potentially putting him above of Travis Kelsey this year. But I, talking about running backs, the reason why I don't think Tevin Coleman is now getting this big bump in my mind is because of the emergence of Jarek McKinnon as now like potentially the third down back in San Francisco. So be, I don't think Coleman rises. I just think McKinnon meets him close to his level. And now it's a three headed backfield that I almost want nothing to do with. Yeah. McKinnon went from handcuffed to Adrian Peterson to now sneakily, like sneakily, like could be to me, could be the lead winner. Um, sitting around the one forties, because if there, he's only one injury away from just r running the 49ers backfield, they paid him a lot of money in free agency a couple of yeah. years ago. A couple of years ago, you know, he was pretty high in fantasy drafts. He, he was, <laughs> he was my third round pick in the ringer fantasy league. Yeah. <laughs> Still came in first place. It's okay. All right, let's keep rolling here. Afternoon in the regular season, we lost in the playoffs, but you know what? It's okay. We persevere. <laughs> uh, I know everyone cares. All right. Nikhil Harry for the Patriots. Uh, there are reports that he's struggling to separate, which is kind of like a meme because that was the book on him at Arizona State. It was the book on him at his rookie year. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I, I, I mean, you're gonna take him or you don't. Do you're out. Whole, I'm out. Yeah. We should do like a Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For that I'm reason, out. I'm out. For and then, oh my <laughs> god! I just, I'm out. All right. Sorry, Nikhil. I liked Muhammad Sanu. By the way, it's funny. It's it's funny that we we skipped over Nikhil Harry and just the fact that the Patriots might have a platoon at quarterback. What in the hell is happening in New England right now? The Chargers hit me up and we're like, "Hey, we're we might be shopping you to New England." <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Stidham has been apparently. Greg, you think you could play quarter? Quarterback's easy. That's what I heard. I can dump off to James White like nobody's business. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's really easy to play quarterback for the Pats. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> find that out. Um. All right. Let's just get to a couple sleepers we haven't touched on yet. I think we liked a lot of the guys we talked about in the first segment, but a couple guys we want to hammer. Just to be clear, Boston Scott Eagles sleeper. Love it. But honestly, we can just keep it like that. Jared Goff, we like him. Sleeper. Even though he, I think he's that gonna the way he was t- chipping, he's going to be a QB one, I think. I don't like his yeah. golf form. I think he's kind of too much of a tryhard, but it wasn't good enough. But I like this. He had a good swing. What are you talking I, about? I don't know. I, I have He's fun. chipping. I, I mean, the he point also is, apparently lives super close to Blake Bortles. They apparently like live across the freeway in Marina <laughs> Del Rey from one another, and they play golf all the time. Blake, Bort- My favorite Blake Bortles thing is that he's... Bortles still on the Rams. He bought a Tesla because, like, just online, and he wanted to do it. Half the reason he did it was he wanted to stop dipping, and then he stopped going to gas stations because Tesla's you don't have to get gas. Now he still goes to gas stations, but he just goes to the dip. He's not on the Rams. Damn. No, I think he's a free agent. Have you seen that video of some a reporter asking him what would you do if you weren't playing football? And he said probably construction and just rip cigs. <laughs> Dude, when I went to Rams camp, I literally almost got tabletop by someone. Someone rolled and like almost took out my ACL, and I looked down. And I was like, "What the?" And I was like, "Oh, it's Blake Bortles." That was weird. Didn't expect that. These are my Bortles? fantasy teams, and then he did it to me in real life. All right. Does he smoke? I love this. Yeah, he's uh, just, just smoking heaters. Anyway, the point is, if <laughs> darts, the point darts. is, every year, five of the top <laughs> ten quarterbacks drafted in fantasy don't end up in the top ten, and there is no quarterback with a more obvious path to rejoining the top ten than Jared Goff. It's like yeah, really simple. Yeah. So Jared Goff just really obvious path i wanted to mention my sleeper like my favorite sleeper heading this year is damian harris running back for the patriots sony michelle increasingly doesn't seem healthy even when he's been healthy he's been extremely unimpressive for the pats new england is just kind of desperate for a starter james white is a receiving back not a running back rex burkhead has been like the starter Uh, do you trust that (laughs) no i i think yeah damian harris is again not just pats beat reporters like Mike Reese, who is the, I believe, the most experienced Pats beat reporter, has been mm-hmm. there. Long, I mean, he's been on the Pats beat longer than Tom Brady, I believe, or maybe right around the same time, 20 years. And he keeps saying that Damian Harris is coming. This is not some scrub. This is literally the guy who has the all time record for yards per attempt at Alabama. And Mike Reese made the point that Ivan Fears, the running backs coach for the Patriots, told Mike Reese, James White was very quiet his first season and then exploded his second year. Shane Vereen had a quiet rookie season, exploded second year. That's something that happens with Pats running backs is they need their rookie year to kind of be quiet. I think Damian Harris is just straight up the starting running back for Pats this year, and he's borderline not going in drafts. And for yeah, get for him what it, for what it's I worth. I mean, Harris was he platooned with Josh Jacobs. I mean, you're that correct. He was good enough. He was good enough to be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much that means for the NFL, but. I mean, Trent Richardson went whatever top five. Like, yeah, I, I'm good. True. I'm good on. I'm it's good on sound Pat's of running defeat. backs. I just think you should draft James White and be done with it. I, I like because I kind of think that what's Damian Harris's <laughs> ceiling? Done with it. I kind of think it's just he's Sony Michelle. I think his ceiling. No, he's way better pass catcher. He, he, and but also that's why he, James White's there. He's not like. But James White isn't going to play every down. I think that. I think it's more likely that James White's that James White plays more snaps he's ever played this year than. Are, yeah. are any of these running backs going, going to be valuable? 70 picks after James White. That's that's my argument. Are any of these running backs in this offense going to be worth it anyway? James White, I think. You're going to take a, a dart on Antonio Gibson in the Washington offense where they might actually go into the season with five running backs on the roster. Well, I don't but want those to be my only two Harris. options. I'm just saying. Uh, 
The no, beaver James White. James White is is not a dart. He you have to take him in like the seventh round, sixth seventh round. That's not taking a dart. The Patriots running backs never pan out ever. Literally, yeah, I'm ever. actually with, I'm with you, Craig. I don't. Yeah, whatever. I don't. Anyway, I don't trust any of these here. guys. <laughs> My God, let's keep rolling. All right, we're introducing a new segment we're very excited about. But first, we're going to talk about Roman. If you've been dealing with acne, redness, dark spots, or wrinkles, finding treatment that works can be complicated. You need skincare that actually performs, but getting started can be overwhelming. Thankfully, there's a solution. Roman makes it convenient to get customized prescription skincare that really performs. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If appropriate, a doctor will prescribe a custom blended treatment based on your skin type and priorities. You'll receive your skincare treatment with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel any time. So go to GetRoman.com slash RingerFantasy for a free online visit and start your new skincare routine today. Again, that is GetRoman.com slash RingerFantasy. Eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. And let's also talk about DirecTV because Sunday games are like snacks. The more, the better. What do you guys snacks in game day? Quesadillas. I did not expect that. Wow. Okay. That's my snack every day, really. I'm trying to cut out cheese. You eat quesadillas every day? Yeah. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Cheese and I used to be friends, but we kind of... We, we, what do you put in your quesadillas? Is it just cheese or do you Just cheese. Oh, all right. And I dip it in Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Oh, that's good. That's the a best. good call. Whatever snack you like, the more the better. So don't miss a single game with <laughs> NFLSundayTicket.tv. You know what you want. DK wants quesadillas, apparently. Mm-hmm. Everyone else wants football and not just a game or two. All of them. But you can't get DirecTV where you live. No problem, because you can stream 2020 NFL Sunday ticket on your favorite devices with no satellite required and get every live out of market game every Sunday afternoon. So go online to NFL Sunday now to see if you're eligible. Pro tip. You can also use the promo code the ringer at checkout to save 15 percent. All right. Enough quesadilla and Frank Red Hot talk. <laughs> Let's get into. Something we're very excited to debut. If you want to hear that talk, go back and listen to the ad. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you just skipped ahead. It. You asshole. wanted to hear the cool new segment and not listen to the ad. You know what you missed about how DK and Quesadilla is? You should listen to the ads. All right. But we're, <laughs> we're going to go into something we're very proud. Because you know what? Everything's about analytics now and math. Dirty secret. Math sucks. It's boring. So we're going into something that's just as... We're going analytics here. Mm-hmm. Antilytics, get it? Antilytics. Craig, you want to explain antilytics? It's just like the football adjacent news that changes my opinion about actual football. (laughs) So I just wanted to start off, you know, there's a lot of best shape of my life hype in in training camp time. And that's really one of the biggest antilytics that I focus on. There's a lot of Instagram (laughs) stuff we'll get into, but I want to talk about how unbelievably jacked David Johnson looks. <laughs> oh my God. Have you seen his shoulders? He looks like Dwight Howard. What are they, what are these? So we're looking at David Johnson's Instagram right now. What are these 
Oh, those are like boulders. Thing, what are these things they wearing? They're like they look like training bra or uh, whatever, like uh, sports bra. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like the bras. wind. It, it looks it, like sports bras. Is it like weighted? It's a weighted little vest thing. Well, sometimes they run with the parachutes for air resistance, but he's not oh, wearing yeah. the parachutes. Like they took the parachute off for the. Trip. He probably he probably ripped it out because he was so fast. <laughs> it's called catapult. I'm gonna look this up while you guys faster talk. than the wind. Is it bad that like I actually. This stuff affects the way I think. And this is like what Instagram's poison does to my brain, the toxicity of Instagram. Yeah, it's five like, million years of human evolution where you're supposed to make snap judgments. And the I look at this and I'm like, I think he's going to be good that. now. Like, I Do think he's going to be better. I looked it up. These, this is actually pretty interesting. These catapult devices, which is what David Johnson was wearing. It's a valuable, I'm reading this from SI. It's a valuable tool. Sorry, I lost my splate. Uh, that, that <laughs> you got three tool. words in. I just, <laughs> I like, what is it? Uh, going off, tell me what three it is. words in. You lost your place. I was going off memory. Okay, that plenty of NFL teams <laughs> have started to use. It tracks everything a player does from the number of football movements he makes during practice to the exact number of throws a quarterback attempts. So it's a tracking device. That's really that's interesting. So it's like for. So you got the COVID tracking device. You got the vest tracking so device. Track. I think so it's like so, they, it's so you finest. don't it's so you don't overwork your players during practices and stuff. I think it's called it's catapult. Either. Yeah, it's a I'm catapult more of a trebuchet vest. guy. Ah, good one. Um, it was, anyways, it wasn't really. All right. Let let anyway. So I'm just saying, David Johnson's absolutely ripped. I think this actually makes me even more bullish on him. All right, but here's the thing: we're talking about upper body for running back. This doesn't make any <laughs> sense because. Look at his legs. Running, it's about legs. Well, no. Look at him. He's I mean, not I even know. the most jack guy of the week. A.J. Dillon on the Packers. Had all, just Google this if you haven't seen this. Just Google A.J. Dillon. It, it's on, there's a picture of him next to Tim Boyle as the backup quarterback for the Packers that is unreal. Uh, does this? What are your antilytics on A.J. Dillon, D.K.? I, his his legs actually almost, they look like Saquon Barkley, dude. He looks, in, it's incredible. It's always a little bit weird because so like I do all the scouting reports for the Ringers uh, NFL draft guide and it's always a Tape little runner. bit weird like trying to describe someone's physique you know but the the common term that people use for AJ Dillon he has a tapered frame because the dude has what? like massive massive shoulders and a little tiny waist and then these gigantic quads it's just he's dude he's built like a truck I think he's gonna be I'm all in on AJ Dillon I think he's actually gonna be way better than people think. I have tapered jeans. That's kind of so we're kind of the same. Me and AJ yeah. Dillon. Right? Yeah, I'm not. I don't really understand what that means. Tapered frame. Tapered frame. It's I, like a. It's a term you see every once in a while in scouting, but it's basically like is that one like he's like built like a T, like swimmers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. you know if I mean? you're a running back, it probably makes sense to have jack legs. Like <laughs> stiff arms are cool, but like your biceps are sick. But like your legs matter. You're he's not back. skipping leg day. Is All the right. point? And honestly, like they took him in the second round. They want to be a run heavy team. Why are people so low on him? I guess, I mean, obviously I understand the Aaron Jones thing, but... There's just three running backs on the team. Aaron Jones had 19 touchdowns. It feels weird to draft a different running back than a guy Jamal Williams, yeah. So he's he's definitely like a later round guy, but Jamal Williams got... He's averaged 114 carries and 43 targets per season over the last two years. So that's 146 touches. If you think he can get 146 touches, I don't know, that makes Pretty him good. kind of interesting to me. While we're in the best shape of my life, Marquise yeah. Brown, the Ravens receiver, who is among the fastest players in football, Added 23 pounds and is now at 180, which again, we got it. Means he this. played 157 pounds in the National Football League. That is kind of crazy. The dude put on 23 pounds. Do you realize how much weight that is in a season? In a year, he put on yeah, 23 but, pounds. So, I mean, it's one more than 22, one less than 24. 
I do know that's how much like it is. A, that's like a sixth of his body weight he added. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I don't know what was more shocking to me. The one I kept coming back to isn't the twenty three. It's that he played in the NFL at one fifty seven. That was partly because he was hurt. Like his his foot was injured, so it was it was hard for him to keep on weight. Maybe I don't yeah, know. He but. left it to be fair. Left the end of the season his way out. Like not well, not still a way in. But when he left the season, his exit interview weighed one fifty seven. So you're right, DK. But still, he had to add the twenty three pounds. Did yeah. you guys see his diet? What he was eating? No, what was he eating? Lots of lots of protein. Let me read you his diet really quick. Seven thirty in the morning, four eggs and oatmeal. Two hours later, protein shake with two tablespoons of peanut butter. Two hours later, lunch, which is steak, chicken, or lamb with rice, potatoes, and greens. Two hours later, protein shake with almond milk, banana, protein powder, peanut butter. Three hours later, steak, chicken, or rice with potatoes. Two hours later, protein shake. The dude has three protein shakes aside from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, wow, you have to gain 20 pounds. That sounds so fun. It's like, no, it, it's... It, literally these guys his family was pushing him to eat his girlfriend would meet him after workouts and like give him peanut butter to eat and he didn't want (laughs) it so half so this is like half serious conversation half like actual like football importance Marquise Brown is probably the breakout candidate for year two and all the underlying advanced boring numbers that we're not going to talk about here in analytics suggest this guy might be a top five top ten receiver this year but it also is ridiculous to talk about him without this context of DK. Is Can he actually be this fast after adding 23 pounds? Like that has to change something about his speed, doesn't it? I mean, you think you would think uh, physics, right? It would <laughs> indicate. But if he's like, you know, if he's working on his, if he's working on his explosiveness, his lower body, sure, well, he could be as fast. It's a lot of it is like quick twitch, you know, explosiveness that doesn't necessarily leave you if you gain a little bit of weight. Um, as long as you're doing it in the right way. Last year, he was clocked at 20.62 miles per hour during the season. That was his fastest. This offseason, he clocked 22 miles per hour. Well, he also had a broken wow. foot last year. I don't, that doesn't have to do with the weight. Like, he was running on a broken foot. Well, I'm just saying he topped out last year. Like, at, at his best point last year, he was at 20.62. And this offseason, he at 22. So he's faster than last year. And we watched him, and he was pretty fast. Also, wanted to point out ESPN stats and information. I don't know if they need to get new people. Or what's going on? Because they clocked the fastest speed in the NFL last year amongst wide receivers was Mohamed Sanu. That was surprising. Twenty four point seven miles per hour. He's the he was the fastest. Are you kidding? One thing to always know about the fastest ball carrier is like it's a ball carrier. They don't really release publicly. It's like the not the fastest player. Yeah, so, okay. for example, Tyreek Hill. Remember when he caught up to Damian Williams in that touchdown? <laughs> yeah. That, that isn't track because he wasn't holding the ball, even though that is probably almost definitely the fastest anyone ran on a football field last year. I just couldn't anyway. believe it. Mohamed Sanu would have been my 200th pick. There was a funny quote from John Harbaugh on Friday, Friday practice. He really showed that burst. This is about uh, Brown. Marquise Brown caught a 60-yard touchdown in practice. He goes, it was, it was, he really showed that burst. It was really a third or fourth gear. How many gears are there? Whatever it was, it was on. That sounds like me. Isn't that just like a John. Dan Kelly quote? <laughs> Oh, How many gears are there? Uh, whatever. We already it's found like, out who you are, DK. You're Will Disley. <laughs> <laughs> You're Will Disley. We didn't talk about this. Will Disley, the Seahawks tight end, is a doppelganger for DK. They're like the. I, Will Disley looks like if DK got four more hours of sleep every day. I disagree. I don't. I think that's rude to Danny Kelly. First oh, of all, I'm sorry. 
I think yeah, Danny he's Kelly, calling me Hagger essentially. I think Danny uh, Kelly it's looks, a polite is way of saying you're 14 years older than the man. <laughs> I think it's a much more polite way than saying a young Danny you're Kelly. Old as hell. Yeah, that's I true. think it's, it's. I think it's better to be like DK doesn't get much sleep as a father than DK's old. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just call you old from now on. Yeah. Jeez. The years have not been way, kind, Danny. I, you said it, not me. I've actually, so I've seen, I've seen Will Disley in person. I don't think he actually really looks like me that much. He's, he's redheaded. He's like six foot five, two fifty for starters. He's like Same way different. You. <laughs> and, but like there are, there's certainly some pictures where I'm like, whoa, that kind of looks like me. And then you heard, you heard the audio of it. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck, dude? This guy sounds exactly like me. Yeah, Hi, this, like do you, you have a doppelganger? I don't know. I, Has anyone ever of. told you you look like anybody? Not that I know of. I've been told that right, sound we like when I go to the out. New York thing where it's, yeah, no one cares about this. Let's just I want, no, I want to, I want to, he said, I, wanna, can he think said of, I want to figure this if out. If anyone can think of a Heifetz doppelganger, please tweet at I, us. I've been told I have ones when I get into the New York accent, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm being I'm like, oh, yay, like, I walk in here. Then I feel like people will <laughs> toss it out more. Yeah. But guys, can we talk about Leonard Fournette's $100 bill? Oh yeah, yeah. where's a hundred dollar bill on his pads? Has this always been a thing? Because if it's always been a thing, honestly, we need to apologize to our listeners for never mentioning this before. He tweeted one hundred mil, but I always kept it at one hundred with everybody that knows me, and I want one hundred yards a game. It's simple. That's the meaning of the one hundred dollar bill. He wears one hundred dollar bill on his pads on his back. What are the day. odds like a defender that. rips the hundred dollar bill off his jersey this year? If I they think can it's catch like, him. Yeah, I, I think that Ray that's Craig? not the hard part. We love Leonard Fournette. Not that hard to catch the man. I think that the $100 bill gets ripped off by Halloween, assuming that there's an NFL season. So are we assuming uh, he does this also in the season? This is like the... Uh, you to put that this, on Twitter. You better this do This is like the Crabtree Aqib Tlaib thing um, where they got the he got the chain ripped off of him. Do you remember this? How could I forget? That was pretty amazing. All right. Antilytics. I just want to shout out just shameless Giants plug here. Daniel Jones, there is an article trying to compare his quads to Saquon's. Not saying they're the same, but basically Daniel Jones' quads are big. Yeah, I heard he got beefed up this offseason. Yeah, so just look out for Daniel Jones's. Uh, do you guys body. want your quarterback to be beefed up or do you not care? I want him to not fumble 19 <laughs> times in 13 games. I don't okay, care what big he Big quads to ain't going to help that. You don't know that. I think it, I think it depends. <laughs> I think if you're a pocket passer... Like Daniel, well, I guess Daniel Jones. You runs throw a lot the too. ball. You power from your legs. Your legs need to be strong. No, I'm saying like, okay, if you so Russell Wilson beefed up for a couple, a couple of years, and I didn't like that because he lost so much of his explosive and speed and everything as like a runner. And so you now when said he it runs, be a problem for Marquise Brown. I guess Russell Wilson dropped the fat. No, they that the beefed up is very different. Like if you see yeah, if, if you saw pictures of Russell Wilson, he was like a little bit thick. Like Marquise Brown is now normal sized. <laughs> um, but like anyway, uh, for instance, Carson Wentz is going the bad the dad bod route right now. He's up to two fifty from two thirty seven last year. Damn, and he's up to two fifty apparently. And his teammates are making fun of his dad bod, so it's probably not like. A really, really ripped two fifty. <laughs> yeah, he's been hanging out with Big Ben this offseason. Um, I don't know. I think if you're if you're not going to be like a a heavy runner, you know, a really mobile quarterback, then I don't. I think it is probably a little bit good to have a little more weight to throw around. You're not as easy to bring down. It's like the Ben Roethlisberger thing. You know, you can stand in the pocket and and kind of absorb that stuff. But there's definitely like diminishing returns. You don't want to be too slow. Speaking of the Seahawks, we have we're gonna have as a part of this anti-lytics segment, we're gonna have like a Instagram specific segment where we just 
basically make judgments for fantasy football based on athletes' uh, Instagram accounts, I guess. Um, that, that's a work, I, yeah, that's, it, that's, it, that's it like an no old sense. person explanation, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kids these days, we call it like stalking. We stalk their Instagrams and then make judgments. Hi, Fitz. Explain it to me in better. millennial. Yeah. Um, we should call it stock up, stock down, but spelled so, like stock. Stocked? Yes. That is good. Okay. Craig, we did it. Oh my God. <laughs> stock up, stock down. Wow. <laughs> um, so anyways, I just have a question to ask you guys. Is there anyone in the NFL who is cooler than DK Metcalf? Is he a super vocal guy? Because I feel like I never hear him say things. I just hear cool things about him. He's like the popular kid at school who no one like yeah. hangs out with, but you just hear how cool he is. He's like Bo Jackson. Like any story you hear, like is believable. <laughs> it's like he jumped over a 20 foot ravine. And you're yeah. like, all right. So he, he pushed an 18 wheeler. So first of all, he's, you know, the, there's the famous picture of him from Ole Miss where he's, he's like got like a 20 pack. Um, there was the famous story of him coming into the room without a, into the Seahawks room without a shirt and Pete Carroll took his shirt off to like, you know, go mano a mano or whatever. Um, he's got the old school, like cross dangly earring, which I think is badass. Yeah, but I don't know, he's just like the coolest that's, that's a, a dude. He's the coolest guy in the NFL. I mean, he's Saquon's got like the got visor the going on. Too. What's that? A lot of players got the one ear, and Saquon's got the one ear. They don't have the same personalities, but just like body type, way they play, he's kind of like the new Des Bryant. Yeah, totally, totally. No, but he's quiet. Des talks a lot. Like, That's what I, I mean, said. He's, I said they don't have the same is, personality. If I was going to pick the two coolest guys in the NFL, you guys can use your own choices. DK Metcalf and Alvin Kamara. Who's cooler? So I was just on Alvin Kamara's Instagram. He's like a huge gamer. Have you... He's got like a whole massive Twitch setup in his in his house. And he's got oh, like really? the crazy chair, like a bunch of monitors. It's like all dark and neon everywhere. And he's like, he's got his microphone, his headrest. He's like locked in game. Set up. I took I, I fell in love with Alvin Kamara when he took over the Marshawn Lynch role of the star running back who eats candy on the sidelines. That is just a role <laughs> that I hope exists as long as football exists, that there is someone who does that. I went through the like the top 10 running backs or like the top 10 fantasy picks Instagrams. Nothing, <laughs> nothing super hot. They're all kind Nothing. of boring. Except Kamara. Kamara's down. cool. You're right, DK. All right. So the stock hasn't moved. It's all right. No. no stock stock market doesn't Metcalf. represent the stock real up. fantasy economy. Stock the stock market. S-T-A-L-K market. Yeah. That's all right. All these gains go into the top few percent anyway. All right. Well, that was Antilytics. <laughs> You're welcome. I just, so, all right. That was anti Antilytics. That was stock up, stock down. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you to everyone for listening. We will see you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>